Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and should we say better, all the other aliens out there enjoying this Aquarius season, welcome back to another episode of Seasonal Explorations. I am here today with my friend Eva. Hello, Eva. Kacha, 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 kacha. That was a beautiful sound. Thank you. Welcome back to another episode of this podcast in which we are trying to bring to you the ultimate ass of every season, the essence, the energetic Mm -hmm. blueprint for which we're using astrological signs and the zodiac as a guidance to get you there. And today we are recording about the ass of Aquarius. The ass of Aquarius. As of Aquarius. <laughs> so hello, Aquarius season. We have a very special gift for you this time around. And you know, it is okay to also say no thank you. So if you want to skip it, we suggest you kind of go a minute further or so. And if not, here is your special treatment. very special gift guys i hope you thoroughly enjoyed it we did hello aquarius season but is it also the age of aquarius is it is it not Mm. these days alia what do you think are we in the age of aquarius i think feel like we could be if we wanted to and also Mm. if we don't want to be we can just stay in the season we're in right now the age of pisces (laughs) i feel there's both i feel i actually feel it's a bit of a transition between the two Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'd love to hear your take on it as a, an astrologer. Well, actually, to be honest, I don't really see myself as an authority to be able um, to tell you whether it is or isn't. And, um, you know, there are so many different theories and explanations of this to be found on the Internet. But when I was doing my research, here's my favorite. Listen, so Paris Hilton is married. Britney Spears is free. Lindsay Lohan is acting again. And if this isn't the evidence of a collective manifestation of love and peace, of progress, social movement and equality that are associated with the age of Aquarius, then I don't know what is. I think you just laid it out for everyone. (laughs) It's the age of Aquarius, guys. Bam. But honestly, for me, this debate of is it or is it not is like the same as what is right, what is wrong. And I feel like this is so outdated. Yeah. yeah. And like one could even say that it does not belong in the era that we may or may not be transitioning (laughs) into. But I'm 100 percent with what you said. You know, it's the way that we make it. It's what we make it to be yeah exactly Mm. it's kind of like i mean the universe is everything all of the energies are out there Mm -hmm. Uh, which ones do you want to embody what do you want take it (laughs) or leave it exactly i feel like that's do we want to move into the age of more 
social equality, breaking down the dogma, the social norms, progress, becoming connected mm. with each other. If we want that, yeah, we can get there. If we don't want to, we won't get there. Moving into what you want to move into. That's a big topic of today. Mm. So let's cover some of the main qualities of this Aquarian archetype. Mm-hmm. And then our listeners can also see for themselves uh, how they're feeling this continued and deeper shift towards a greater awareness of the collective consciousness that Aquarian energy brings about. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. And honestly, I have to say that Aquarius is one of my favorite signs. It was like the, my <laughs> favorite, favorite sign when I started looking at it. I was like, that's the one I mm. like. That's my favorite sign. Like, I love the Aquarius. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And the thing is that in Western astrology, in Placidus house system, we both have a lot of planets in the 11th house, yep. which is ruled by Aquarius. So it's definitely an energy that I think we're both quite familiar with. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And one of the qualities that I love the most about Aquarius is it comes with this quirkiness, this eccentric expression, a cutting edge out of the box approach that dares to be different. Sometimes the Aquarius is seen as that black sheep, the outcast, the misfit. But the truth is, It brings this rebellious, revolutionary energy of freedom freedom seeking and shaking up social norms. So in a way, it um, encourages us to break from previously established traditions, allowing for new and unusual ideas to flow more freely um, and for new pathways to emerge. So uh, yeah, feeling this visionary pioneering energy of bringing forth a new sense of hope even and a strong desire for a collective change. There is this era of um, idiotism. (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps, perhaps depends on who you ask, but I wanted to say idealism. I feel like different people would definitely frame it in this. Diversity, eh? That's what we're here for. (laughs) Um, But yeah, this idealism, because Aquarius is connected um, to the higher mind through its ruler, Ron. Ron is like the more modern ruler of Aquarius. The traditional ruler is Saturn too. But it's this beautiful play of the archetype that has this... hmm, I like to call the Aquarian archetype an individualistic humanitarian Mm -hmm. because there is a sense of belonging that is emphasized also with the 11 house that represents communities, groups of like-minded people. Um, The way that we seek our tribe that lights up the frequencies that we want to operate in. Mm And at the same time, there is a connection to the bigger picture, the bigger perspective, that higher attunement of Ron and Aquarius. So with this energy, we're learning from energy systems that are bigger than oneself, Mm. learning from many, from the whole world, and just taking a variety of experiences in. So as always, an invitation to open up your natal chart as you listen to the podcast 
see where Aquarius falls in your chart and how these energies might be uh, playing out for you. Mm. And this is especially interesting because Aquarius is fond of expanded future possibilities. It is that pioneering energy of paving the way. On one hand, you know, following our dreams and interests, but with Aquarius, as it is uh, an air sign, it is more of like the mental processes that comes with um, a level of objectivity and detachment. So the dreams that Aquarius is bringing, they're bigger than uh, one pers one's personal agenda. Yet it recognizes that our desires are important and a source of inspiration and motivation to make that difference in the world. So we will touch upon even more of Aquarian aspects as we move through the episode. Uh, but at the center of all of this, the main topic that we are going to explore today is the question of authenticity. Mm, I love it. For me, one thing that I think about um, when I think about Aquarius is if you look at the three air signs, right? So the Gemini and Libra and then Aquarius, I feel like Gemini is more of this question of like, mutual relationship to oneself and then you get Libra it's like a relationship between the two and then you get Aquarius it's kind of like what is my relationship to like everything else exactly and where is my authentic self and where is that different and where does it merge with the rest the society and mm -hmm. to me this has been one of like yeah my bigger my, one of the one of my biggest kind of mm -hmm. things I've been pondering about moving through life is like what is in me where does it and being me what what is the society how do they interact with one another it's it's a beautiful energy it's really cool precisely like who am i as an individual in the society how do i contribute to the bigger whole like i said the aquarian energy is connected to the collective consciousness and so a big question that this archetype is posing is like how does our energy our expression contributes to the greater whole yeah yeah especially with this leo on the other side of the axis Always as well, which axis. is like me yeah. but for everything else <laughs> yes 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 and so a big part of this how do we contribute to the world the society is the question of authenticity mm -hmm. um, and this is something that we're gonna kind of dive deeper into in today's topic from like what does it mean to be authentic what does it mean to be inauthentic yeah. um and yeah how does how does that come about <laughs> <laughs> excellent all right so i'd love to hear your take actually on like the whole question of authenticity right it's another one of these big power words that we hear a lot like we've mentioned a lot of these in the previous episodes right it's like we throw these concepts around like trauma and authenticity and all of that but mm -hmm. i don't think a lot of people could actually define it so could you give us a definition of this word authenticity what does it mean to you what is the kind of what how do you see its essence <laughs> mm. I don't think I can give you a definition straight away because I feel it more as a wave that comes with stories and different aspects. Mm -hmm. um, and something that I've been also noticing 
you know, having Ron in my third house of thinking processes, so the ruler of Aquarius, and then having so many also personal planets in the house that Aquarius rules is how I can really, my mom, my mind doesn't know the coherence and like the one way street, it just like kind of sits in that bigger, bigger chair and oversees everything. So I tend to jump from one topic to another quite quickly. So let's see um, the Aquarian mind in action. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what is what does it mean to be authentic um, is a big question that I think sooner or later we all kind of come down to. And for me, this is one of the main missions in life, actually, this journey of infinite self-discovery that for me is guided by questions like, how do I live more fully? How do I love more wholly? <laughs> and um, yeah, this being authentic term that gets thrown on, around, like you said, it's something that um, I also find I tend to misuse or sometimes even abuse in, in my practice. I often like to say, oh, coming back to the alignment and our authenticity. And as I was meditating in preparation for this episode, yeah, I, I, I came down to some interesting um, realizations about my own use or misuse of this concept. So I'll try to break it down a bit, can I? Sure, go for it. <laughs> First of all, I would like to bring forth the concept I learned from Teal Swan. She is an amazing reflector in mm -hmm. uh, human design and has many super valuable videos on YouTube. I definitely love her. Teal Swan, uh, if someone wants to check her out. Basically what she says is that our personality is completely fake fake, fake, fake. <laughs> like our personality is not who we truly are. And I mean, in a way, this is already something that we know, right? Um, we are so much more than our personality. And if you've been around the spiritual valley, I'm sure you know <laughs> this already. <laughs> um, but I really like the way that she explains this because it ties in with, yeah, some of the astrological concepts that I use in my practice in a way that there is no one personality we are many personalities or like we experience many personalities just like i always say we're not one sign we are the whole wheel with all of the little points and degrees and aspects and so in astrology we look at this through the axis point for example the opposites like you already said aquarius is the opposite of leo and so they all kind of balance each other out. And what Teal Swan says is that there's always a personality, the opposite of another personality, just like in astrology in a way. <laughs> and in this um, fragmentation, she explains that in the moment that we experience trauma, especially in childhood, we fragment uh, a part of us fragments between the self that is more vulnerable and the self that wants to protect the vulnerable self. So for example, if something happens that makes us feel like our parents don't value us or don't love us, we would put this persona on that, oh, but we don't care, right? So many teenagers go through this phase. 
And so what Thiel says is that most often we're gonna identify it with the protector aspect of our personality. And so in this case, the example that I gave is like, oh, so because I don't, I don't care about this, it doesn't touch me, I am strong, I am self-sufficient, I am independent, I don't need them, I can endure so much. And so the way that we perceive ourselves becomes an amalgamation of the personalities that kept us safe in our specific circumstances in our childhood. I would like to further elaborate this with a disclaimer that I may or may not be calling out the Aquarian archetype here. <laughs> For example, we see ourselves as someone who is authentic, who likes to stand out, is witty, mentally sharp, a little special, just like Aquarius. <laughs> and if this part, now that, that we apply it to this theory, if this part of us was created to cope with the blindsiding trauma that we didn't understand or perhaps are still not aware of, this aspect of our personality then would come to exist because deep down our inner child is terrified and confused and doesn't feel worthy, seen or recognized for who they really are. And so they put up this persona to protect this tender part that feels afraid and vulnerable. And this is where we come to the shadow dance, the shadows, those unconscious aspects of us, um, the parts that we have rejected, repressed, shamed, judged, either just actually mostly from the society, but then consequently we do it ourselves and we try, we want to hide them and disown. And this is something that we went deeper into in the Scorpio episode. Um, but what I am trying to say here is that this is the process that I see where we go away from our authenticity. And so on the opposite end, one could say we become inauthentic, right? In this process of chasing something that we feel uh, might validate us based on the programmings that we have picked up from the society, our family, our peers, the media, etc. And we too often, like I said, reject ourselves because of the fear of external rejection and the possibility of being led down, uh, a form of self-sabotage or abandoning ourselves. Although I do think that these are pretty sharp and cruel ways of putting it uh, like self-sabotage and abandoning and i would rather find a more loving and supporting perspective that doesn't throw even more shame and guilt onto us you know what i don't agree with you here it's not it's not shame and guilt right but i do feel like sometimes we have to pull things for what they are and when you're constantly doing things that are bringing you further away from what you desire it is self-sabotage, right? And it doesn't mean it's bad, but you also, we don't need to put a beautiful term on something that is really quite painful. Mm -hmm. Even the term that I sometimes struggle with or have just thought of different ways of understanding it, like healing. Mm. For me, you know, it, it's a beautiful process, but it can apply or come with a connotation that there is something wrong with us, mm -hmm. some, that something needs fixing. 
And the same as I started before, you know, coming back into alignment is something that I tend to throw around a lot. But to me, thinking about it, it also applies that there's something wrong with the current alignment. And the way that I see, I feel it now is that there's nothing wrong. It is a part of the process and our lived experience that is molding us into our mastery. In a way, um, something that my coach, uh, Ashay Sundara says is that we're never out of alignment. We are either in alignment or getting into alignment. <laughs> the way that I, was, I would expand this is that I would say that I am always in some kind of alignment but to what yeah you know is it the kind of alignment that i want to be in and then we get to follow our desires which is how life is communicating our path to us i believe and then we decide um, what we how we want to go into an even deeper more conscious alignment and i think this is actually where this authenticity comes into play because um, i was in a quite powerful plant medicine ceremony yesterday and I was being like the number of energies I got to sample in one ceremony yesterday is like it was pretty extraordinary it was really going from like the highest highs to like really low lows like whoa Mm -hmm. and really what I came out I came out from the ceremony and it was just this understanding of the fact that life the universe God is everything we got all sorts of energies. We got the nice, you know, crystalline palaces and angelic realms. And then we have the forgery of the hell. And all of those are there. Those energies exist. They're heavy energies, light energies. Choose what you want. Yeah. But what is also the case is that each of us comes here as a unique manifestation of this, right? Of this Mm -hmm. pure potentiality of everything that exists. And you carry a certain blueprint where there are certain things that you're more in resonance with than with others, Mm -hmm. right? This is what you would get with your birth chart, human design, whatnot. It's just showing kind of your unique energetic combination. Yeah. And you also get to choose every single day what you want to align with in your day-to-day basis. And that can come through food, conversations, your practices, habits, just outlook, mindset, all of these things. And the truth is there's not one better than the other, or there's not one that's right and the other one wrong. It's just kind of like, what do you want more of? And I think the authenticity comes into play is that you honor this unique energetic blueprint that's inside of you. And you say, based on this blueprint, there's a part of me that knows what it wants more of. And I actively pursue this, which I feel in close resonance with. And this is, I feel like where this mismatch happens between what you talked about before, which is fragmentation Mm -hmm. and programming, where there is an external force in my if I may call it that can be society parents that is telling you what you should want and then there's this other part of you which is your unique energetic blueprint that's like no but actually I'd like to go in a completely different way and things can get very obscured and then we think we want something we don't actually want and we behave from that place and then there is this mismatch in your personal energetics and the energetics of what you do. And this, to me, is what manifests in authenticity, that other people can then sense yeah. it. And you see someone and you're like, that person is just fake, you know, and they may not yeah. even know it. But you 
I feel like everybody has the capacity to sense this energetic mismatch that's occurring. And it just basically is telling everyone, the person who's doing this and everyone around them is like, this is not, something here doesn't work. And this, I think, is like how I view authenticity and lack of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And even like, you know, in this pursuit to get to your authentic core, which is something really sexy and cute that we're all now trying to do, you know, I feel like often it can go into hmm, copying what others are doing. Mm. So even that would give us the validation. Mm. And now I do think that seeing others in their authentic expressions is important because it is showing us new possibilities. It is expanding our perception of what is possible. Too often people start comparing themselves, Mm -hmm. competing who's cooler, who's smarter, who's better, who's more authentic, more embodied. And not just, it's not just that, it's also there's like this crazy trend that's occurring and I see that that's huge um, in like, let's say the biohacking communities and so on. We Mm -hmm. have some of these people like from Tim Ferriss to like Lex Friedman who have like these, you know, super specific ways of leading their lives, right? Like these like super specific, like Mm -hmm. crazy daily regimes and all of that. And then people go on and try to live their lives like exactly the same. You know, you follow to the minute everything the other person does. And to me, the only thing here, if you're when you're witnessing someone in their authenticity, it's not about you performing the same actions as them. If you are just striving towards this same experience for you, right? Like this, like I am so myself, like they are so themselves, mm-hmm. but I can't achieve that in the same way as they're doing it. And I can learn from them and I can certainly experiment with the tools they use, but then I mm-hmm. have to have the discernment to say, I'll take that one and I won't take that one. And that's great. Yeah, and what I see valuable piece here too is like recognizing what exactly is it that sparks your interest and your light when you encounter this expanded possibilities. For example, it doesn't have to be the specific tool, but what is at the essence of this tool? What is the energy that it emits? What is the authentic way, the more aligned way for you to come into that energetic state that you are now seeing outside of yourself yeah I think the beautiful like this is what art is right when you look at it is like when people really connect with this divine essence Mm. in so many different ways and so many expressions of it each of them unique and then at the same time all of them have this in common that they're just like this connection to something larger it's so good age of Aquarius age of Aquarius (laughs) That is it. That is it. Yeah. And, you know, at the root here, um, yeah, I I do see that, you know, at the end of the day, we just want to be loved and Mm. accepted. And, you know, authenticity is finding that love and acceptance within you, being rooted in your inherent worth, in this sense of belonging that is not conditioned by the external like can you be can you sit with us if you're <laughs> da, da, da. no it's like <laughs> dude like I am sitting on this planet I have been born on this planet now with um, some kind of mission and you know you don't have to dig the way that I sit or what I'm wearing when I sit here you know daring to 
ah, be misunderstood in your authentic expression is, I think, a part of that and loving and accepting even that. Yeah, there's this huge, I think, I think that the biggest, I mean, I feel like we talked about in the Scorpio episode, kind of all comes back to the fear of rejection, but our biggest threat to our authenticity is again, it's this energetic mismatch because when you get to the core energetically of everything is that mm-hmm. you know, all is one and everything is connected, mm. which you have probably yeah. also heard. Oh, that's that's an, the Aquarian bracket, this awareness of the collective consciousness, awareness of the oneness. But here's mm-hmm. the catch, because it's an air sign, it's more of the mental aspect. So we understand those concepts. And then when we get to the Pisces, this is where we actually feel it, where we let go of the mental form and structures and we kind of dissolve into this understanding. So that's, yeah, that's the difference here. Yeah, but I feel like the huge thing is that, you know, because this is the deepest truth, right, of who we are, Mm. it's like, are this just... I mean, God, like, there's no words. God, God, that's the word. We're God. She did sun medicine yesterday, ladies and gentlemen, and all of the aliens tuning in. (laughs) But it's, this is our deepest truth, right? In this deepest truth, like, Mm. I am you, you are me, we're connected, Mm. we're different, and we're not different. And there's just, like, not accepting someone, not loving someone just makes no sense. Once you've had this experience, when you're in this experience, like the suggestion of something like this, you're just like, what? Like, like, you can't discern something that's you, right? Like you you can't not love it. You can't not accept it. And then we come into this human experience, which is like, I mean, magical in so many ways, because we get to experience the other side of this, which is like, whoa, we can do this. Right. And then you see this and there's a part of you inside of it to which rejection and separation makes zero sense and authority makes zero sense. And someone telling you what to do makes zero sense. Right. And all that exists is freedom and love and connection and just magic and energy. And then we come into this experience and then suddenly you have all of these other things that you're like, I want you to love me, but you refuse to love me. And you're like, what? Okay, so what do I have to do now to be connected again? What do I have to do now to be loved, to be accepted? Mm-hmm. And this is, I feel, where this big clash happens. And we, when then, you know, shadow happens, fragmentation happens, inner child wounding happens because you're like, mm-hmm. now all of this that I am needs to go so that mm-hmm. I get this connection that I'm yearning for. Yeah. And I really like what, what you said, you know, what do I have to do to, for you to accept and love me? And this is that sense of belonging that is kind of inherent to humans. And there's a really smart wordplay there offering itself that we are longing to be. Yeah. Belonging. Yeah. yeah? Love there's it. nothing we have to do. We just got to be. Mm. Be resting in that all that we are because being authentic doesn't mean that we're constantly happy even though I do believe that you know this blissful state is our most natural state but this is something that um, Elaine Jung said in one of her courses she does um, she's a I think the lead faculty leader of ISTA which is 
international studies of temple arts mm -hmm. and i've done uh, a course on pleasure mastering your pleasure with her and i will always take that with me i think when she said you know how to be a spirit you know this is your most natural state but we came here to learn how to be human beings mm -hmm. humans and this is where it gets more interesting or challenging if you will um <laughs> yeah and this is the tantric perspective right of like how that all of life the full spectrum of it is our way of experiencing fragmentation of our divinity <laughs> yeah it's just the multiple faces of god right and when mm -hmm. you think it like this it's like you start understanding all the deities and like i it's it's such a you know funny thing when you look like something like hinduism and then like christianity and then he's like there isn't multiple gods there's only one god <laughs> and you're like yes and also yes there is multiple faces of it right it's yes like, and yes yes and yes <laughs> basically <laughs> like you're both right it's cool um yeah. and we get to experience like all of these forces and it's i mean this is the magic of human life is like seeing this pulsation of i i kind of was thinking yesterday man i was in the ceremony and i was like wow like you know human experience is just like down sampling like the shit that's actually down there right like we get just kind of like tones down experience of what's happening on the inner in energetic realms right mm -hmm. and we still get the pulsation we still get the full spectrum in every direction and part of human experience is to to have it all and yeah. not to and i feel like this is the beauty of tantra compared to some other philosophies that some some philosophies are very much like when you look at the Ayurveda and yoga right they talk about being sattvic right mm -hmm. and sattva being this idea of just pursuing this highest purest energy that's out there right like calm and bliss and divinity and I was kind of thinking yesterday and I may be totally wrong and I may be totally politically incorrect here but it's the age of Aquarius so I am going to be is that I was like that feels a bit of like escapism you know it's like you're going into just this like pure realms. Are you doing this because you just want things to be easy? You know, because once you're in there, like things are like easy. You don't have to deal with like all of the like stickiness and muddiness and everything that comes on the other side with the other two forces, which is the Rajas and Tamas, right? Which is like this heavy forces and transformational forces in the like that room like of kinetic energy, right? If we take it. And I think Tantra is beautiful in a way because it takes it all. And it says, we're also going to dabble in those. Like those are yeah. equally valid. We're going to go into the alcohol, the sexual pleasure, the darkness of things. And we're going to look at what's happening there, right? Where like a lot of yogis are just kind of like, let's just stay in this detached sort of like realms. Right. Okay. I, I would love to speak to that. Um, because, yeah, when, when I lived in India, my philosophy teacher, she actually, actually organized a whole retreat on detachment mm. um yeah it was it was really interesting and triggering in many many ways um, I can imagine that for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but like I understand what you mean and this is something that I too as a good Scorpio rising you know I'm like yeah but all what about the shadow part and the thing is I believe it's just a different approach to it again, you know? It can go into spiritual bypassing to some extent, but it doesn't have to. Yeah. Because the way that I see this is something that Vedanta speaks of too, is like 
paradoxically, right? Just when I accept myself as I am, this is when I'm ready to change, not before that. And so Vedanta teaches the philosophy of oneness, that is, is that the moment that we accept all parts of ourselves fully, when we hold on to love strong enough to embody it fully, the rest of it drops. So Vedanta, to me, or like this philosophy of oneness of higher love and divinity, is kind of like a, hmm, a highway, <laughs> if you will, a highway to the truth. Whereas Tantra is more of the sensual, human-based embodiment that just wants to play, yeah? Um, wants to play in the human realm, whereas this love and light is just kind of, yeah. And so it, I understand your perspective and I think it's super important and valid because there is a thin line between yeah. um, enlightenment and spiritual bypass. There's a really or, thin line there, man. I feel like we're constantly like on it going back and forth, like for myself. Yeah, but when it comes to detachment, another strong Aquarius aspect, you know, to me, at least in the light of our conversation, detachment brings about a sense of freedom from our conditionings. With this, when we don't identify with this limiting concepts that sometimes astrology, human design, mm. gene keys, mm. even Ayurvedic ar archetype, doshas, um, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, just check sometimes, it. <laughs> yeah, just check it. I'm not the expert in that. <laughs> you are. Uh, so yeah, that sometimes these um, concepts, structures bring, yeah, to not in our pursuit for this authenticity, that authenticity doesn't become limiting itself. Like even just defining, so who are we now? Oh, this is my authentic self. Now I'm going to wear that hat for the rest of my <laughs> and life. And it's going to stay the same. <laughs> exactly. That's not the, the point of this. Yeah. And yeah. so for with this detachment, um, we allow ourselves to explore the entirety of us that sense of freedom that allows us to not have the need to fit into any brackets. Um, but as, again, my philosophy teacher in India would say, to stay interested, but not invested. Yeah. And I mean, that's huge, right? Because again, the moment you identify with something, then it, it does become a cage. Because then yeah. breaking that is hard. And then you have to clear up a whole lot of stuff behind you. Once you're yeah. like, actually, I'm none of those things that I've centered everything around. So I, I fully agree with you there. Yeah, I think it's like I was more going towards the whole like spiritual bypass side of, side of things where people are just kind of like, we're not going to look at it. We're not going to talk about mm -hmm. this. <clears throat> and that's like, it's at the end of the day, right? It's also, I think this is a huge this interplay again between the masculine and the feminine, right? Because the masculine is trying to transcend. It's trying to transcend into the realms and then the feminine- Trying to get to... somewhere. <laughs> yeah, right? But the feminine wants to play here on the earth, wants to dance, wants to be with the plants, the mm -hmm. trees. It's like, I want all of the human experience. And, but the masculine provides this like detachment that's also behind it because there's like, behind all of this behind the plate behind the energy behind all of this stuff is like this wall of just like i am right when you go into mm -hmm. energetic um, realms and that's like this just 
I think this is like that really came to me is like I think this is what they talk about like in Christianity when they mostly refer to God right it's like this end sort of like I don't even know what to describe I feel it like as a glittering wall but like I'm sure it's Aww, not like that that's cute <laughs> um but it's like um I feel like this, the feminine side of the experience is oftentimes forgotten in this which is like as you said yeah. we are humans we came here to have the human experience and human experience encompasses it all and whether or not you want it you're gonna get thrown into it one way or another everything is there it's just this pulsation you're gonna get it yeah exactly exactly and and this is you know the authenticity is the full spectrum of us also the shadow part and one of the most important um, aspects that I see in the concept of authenticity is um, knowing ourselves and being in our authenticity is not a goal or a destination to arrive at as the masculine paradigm would sometimes like, right? For me, authenticity is a continuous process of intimately meeting ourselves in all of our expressions yeah like a constant process of becoming constantly getting closer to ourselves and at the same time that which you mentioned before remembering that in our essence we are divine we are one and we are complete right and like that essence is like there's nothing to add like there's nothing to put there it's most of the time it's just the process of actually, well, most of the time it's the process of getting rid of stuff and then resting in what's already there. Yeah, yeah. There's really a beautiful, beautiful realization that I had the other day when I was in a masterclass with Sofia Sundari. I'm just throwing names around. <laughs> These are actual people that I study <laughs> with, not something that I'm making myself smart here. But yeah, like, like I said before, you know, in this pursuit of authenticity, sometimes it is important to also, yeah, connect with others. I think this is the Aquarian uh, style and then seeing, okay, whether speaking about how does that resonate or vibe with me? And so this concept is part really vibe with me. Uh, she was talking about our perfectionistic tendencies, which I am very guilty of. <laughs> God, <laughs> you really, you can relate that. Huh? That's been that's been like a lifelong struggle here. Mm. And what she said brought a lot of lightheartedness. It lifted up some tension because she said, you know, our soul, our heart, they remember the divinity of us. They remember that natural state, the essence. And then sometimes when we incarnate into the world we confuse it with our human condition and we kind of expect our little human to be perfect just as our soul knows that at the core we already are mm. and so then we bend and mend to fit and accelerate and i don't know what which creates that shadow and that fragmentation that i started speaking of before and I would really like to go back to it because my explanation of it hasn't, <laughs> I, I didn't finish it. Um, but basically these oppositions that get created, right? Um, even when you talked about what is it that we actually want. Now, here's the rule of manifestation. I think, Alia, you already know this, but the positive thinking and positive behavior and affirmations as cool as they are and beautiful, 
they're not gonna shift and bring about transformation because what actually governs that, those manifestations energetically are our subconscious beliefs and our sense of worth. Mm -hmm. And so what is it that we actually want? That's a big question that we continuously need to ask. Why do we want this? Where is it coming from? Is it mine, right? We covered this in previous episodes. And so this fragmentation that Steel Swan speaks about is that even when we think we want something, but we're not able to arrive to this manifestation or desire or the outcome, is because there are conflicting unconscious parts of us. It's like when I said before, we are not one personality, we are many personalities. And you consciously think you want something, but unconsciously there is a part of you that perceives that as a threat, for example. And then this protecting part of us wants to kind of, yeah, takes control so that we wouldn't hurt ourselves even further. For example, um, let's say that we wanna move somewhere and we constantly keep encountering external situations that prevent us from that. Like either we keep getting sick or more restrictions keep coming, or <laughs> um, let's say that we aren't able to get enough financial security to be able to move away to another country or whatever. And so we think that we want this change, but actually we keep perpetuating different external circumstances because perhaps deep down, a part of us feels like if we move away, we're gonna lose touch with the people we love. Our friends are gonna forget about us. We are gonna struggle in a foreign country alone. We might disappoint our family or whatever. So basically we keep creating or better said, recognizing and holding on to situations in life that prevent us from making that step because a part of us feels like really wants to stay in the comfort of what we have right now. And so there are those conflicting sides. And now what often happens, like how do we now get into an authentic situation here? So I think one would think, well, if there are different personas inside, we need to align them, right? But is it really so? Now we want them to get along so that we can be authentically ourselves. But what happens here is that this just brings about disapproval of the fragmentation that is happening, that we need to be whole and authentic, and now we're not. And so again, that resistance, the tension, the frustration, the disowning comes, which is at the root of the problem anyway. And we keep rejecting this fragmented, unintegrated parts of us, and we keep circling around. And so to get into alignment, into more of our authenticity, I don't see that that's something that I always like to emphasize, even in my coaching um, practice is that we don't want to fix ourselves we don't want to fix the relationship between these different personas these conflicting parts we just want to understand them 
right? We only want to be loved and accepted. That's the basis. And so we don't want to force these parts to come back together or even like kick one of the out, the one that we don't really like that much. But we want to understand this natural process of fragmentation that is a human experience. So just bringing these different inner personalities closer to our awareness, recognizing them. Exactly. I find this is at the core of it. Yeah. It's like becoming aware of what happened, looking at it, acknowledging it, and just having this awareness that just because it happened sometime in the past, it may not be relevant to your present current situation. And you don't need to behave in accordance with what happened maybe 20 years ago. And you can sort of, you know, it takes time, it takes integration, it takes then owning it, acting it out, but it's the first step to even become aware that there is fragmentation inside of you, that there is a part of you that has Mm -hmm. something to say that doesn't feel safe. At the end of the day, it always comes down to feeling safe, feeling loved, feeling accepted. And if there are personalities inside of you that don't feel loved and safe and accepted, they're going to act out to attract attention. Yes. And that's what they want. They want that loving presence, acknowledgement, acceptance, not to be shushed further or like try to be changed in order to fit better of the image that we are trying to create. And so our intention here is basically realizing that we are simultaneously all of these fragmented parts and none of them too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there is this awareness in the middle that is watching them all connecting the consciousness and the subconsciousness this part that is witnessing and helping all of these parts of us fulfill their needs in a way becoming a cosmic parent to ourselves like a cosmic (laughs) mama and a cosmic daddy (laughs) and some other daddies (laughs) perhaps if you're lucky (laughs) but you know manifest them Which part of me wants the daddy and which part of me? Um, But yeah, authenticity here for me is the space where mm, this fragmentations exist simultaneously, where we can rest in the awareness of them all, not being taken or overly consumed by any of them. Mm. Um, Yeah. And, you know, I feel like this is also the permission that we need to grant ourselves to be all of these personalities, all of these personas that exist in us to own them. Because like the mod- the modern medical system will often tell you you're crazy and you should yeah. be in the psychiatrical um, institution. institution. Yeah. But, you know, those are, I think, only extreme cases where this awareness or the switch um, is in a yeah in a special condition but actually we all have predispositions for that because it is one of the human conditions that we possess <laughs> I mean of course right this is why neuropsychiatric disorders whichever when you look at from depression anxiety addiction and so on are all linked to trauma mm-hmm. so strongly because trauma is what causes this deep fragmentation mm-hmm. So the more trauma you get, the more fragmented you're going to be, the more likely you are to have a mental health disease. Is there a connection, you think? (laughs) One would think indeed, yeah. Maybe. And, you know, sometimes people will say, oh, but like then in the, the... 
I'm actually a really cool and chill person and I feel very much integrated and authentic myself. But then I get into a relationship and I go cuckoo. (laughs) (laughs) So I also want to bring to light how, you know, how we get authentic in different contexts, different Mm. situations, whereas in relationships with people, things, concepts, at work, and different groups and communities Mm. um, at home. Like, for example, um, in the last episode, when we were talking about success, uh, you mentioned, you know, and this fear of failure that happens along the way. You said, you know, worst case scenario, I go home, live with my mom for a month. And guess what? Guess what? Oh. I'm at home living with my mom for a month right now. <laughs> Let me tell you guys, it is not the worst thing ever right now. But even a few years ago, it would yeah. be yeah. horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing, like, (laughs) my authenticity was put to an edge, or I don't know, a test, a test, test, yes. You know, just like the Buddhist saying goes, when you think you're enlightened, go home, spend some time with your family. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And so, some real wisdom there. And so, I'm able to now reflect because two years ago, when I broke my ankle, I needed to be in a bed rest for three months and um, uh, yeah other people needed to take care of me mostly my mom and that was like brought about a huge transformation where a lot of first old patterns old beliefs of unworthiness of feeling like I'm a horrible undeserving unlovable human came came up and for example, I used to be really triggered by my mom's excitement to have me home. Like even before the injury, I, I would get paralyzed and really annoyed when she would be happy to see me. Mm. And that was because subconsciously I couldn't understand why she would be happy to be around me. Mm. This wounding of unlovability was really deep. And what his injury gifted me was an opening. <laughs> to reconnect with these parts, this hurt parts of me. And it offered me a path to embracing more of myself. And ultimately that led me to more of my authenticity. Um, Because for example, I always consider myself not to be a family person, but once I opened up to these vulnerable parts of me, the opposite of I am strong and independent and an adventurer you know I I discovered that in reality I was just protecting um, that part of me that felt like an outsider in my house Uh, the little me that didn't feel appreciated understood or loved and you know we're back to the Aquarian archetype because my IC, which in astrology um, represents foundation, where we're coming from, that basis, is actually in Aquarius. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's amazing how it's represented here. And lately I've been also diving deeper into draconic astrology, mm-hmm. which is the astrology of the soul, they say. So the way that I see it is that draconic astrology, chart, your chart, will kind of speak to how you are how your soul is authentically and then your natal chart 
is how we explore our, our authenticity as humans. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm really feeling this I see in my natal chart, you know, being this little outsider in my family and then the MC being in Leo, expressing myself authentically, my inner child. And then in draconic astrology that shifts and my IC is in Leo saying, hey, I am this pleasure, creativity, playfulness based being that is now (laughs) putting it out there with my MC in Aquarius. So it's really interesting how it shifts. So yeah, a part of my mission I feel is connected to this, like empowering others by by being myself. And that is that um, Aquarian individualism connected to others. Yeah, exactly. I mean, again, I feel we come back to the same point that I don't know in which episode we mentioned that, but like your only job is to be you and the rest will follow. And when you bring Mm -hmm. in your authenticity, when you act from the place of your authenticity, of your unique, authentic, energetic blueprint, you're contributing to this planet exactly what you're here to contribute. And how this will manifest really doesn't matter. Like there isn't the right or the wrong way. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would even say that it is not so much of um, about what we do as much as how we do it. For example, we are both manifesting generators, right? And we're women of many expertise and interests. <laughs> but, you know, from here, being connected to our center, our core, to be in tune with our dharma, our soul calling, our mastery. Um, you know, I see this through my offerings and also this podcast that we are now creating, that we're tapping into many subjects and topics but we are staying rooted in our center, allowing the expression of the essence um, to also grow and evolve as we grow and evolve. So I'm sure that if we went and talk about the topics that we spoke a few episodes ago, it would be different because yeah, it it shifts. And, you know, having, we can have many outlets, but being tuned into one channel, one energetic field that, is you your blueprint yeah exactly it's just kind of like there's just this truth that's there and the question is how do you bring it into this life yeah yeah in your unique way and we're all doing the same we're all just channeling the divine into this 3d reality yes and you know like um these ideas um and points that we're making here on the podcast You know, it can be something that people have heard of before. It is not that we're inventing something new. We are totally inventing nothing new. (laughs) How would we? We are the same as you are. We're just having fun. (laughs) (laughs) Disclaimer, by the way, everyone. (laughs) However, what I want to say is that, you know, we are the vessels we are all the vessels of this ancient wisdom and cosmic love that flows through us in unique ways to us, our frequency of our blueprint. And, you know, the way that we are able to express um, these teachings, these ideas, yeah, it will touch people in different ways, depending on what they are open to, what are they being an energetic match to. And I think this is a valuable lesson with this authenticity and authentic expression 
that just because we sometimes feel like, oh, people have done this before or so many are doing it in this way, it is still your energetic input that truly, truly matters. And we all hold a special kind of medicine. The dharma that we have, the our natural flow, um, yeah, it, it will have different medicines for different people and it can be out of our control too. Our, our job is to express and the way that expression is then taken, yeah. you know? This is the detachment part where, where detachment comes in. Yeah, like letting go of the expectations as well and like allowing time and space to align to where they need to be together with your energetic frequency. And just to me seeing, you know, we are all doing here the same thing. What I'm doing through Ayurveda, what I'm doing through my coaching is the same as you're in essence doing with yours. Mm. Just different tools to bring the same truth, the same sacred reality mm. to people and different things resonate with different people. And But the end, the end destination is the same. Yeah. Thank fucking God for many different outlets and paths. And, you know... Um, Aquarius is still the fixed air um, sign. The fixed meaning that it can get hooked on certain ideas and perspectives, whether conscious or unconscious, um, and mostly about the future, the future possibilities. Mm -hmm. So there is this invitation to, you know, this envisioning, dreaming aspect that we get to explore with this energetic base, let's say. Um, how can we stay open and flexible, curious about, yeah, these bigger themes and topics, questioning it? Yeah. Yeah. And when people say that they're lost and they don't know who they are or what they want to do in life, I'm like, great, this is exciting. Mm -hmm. And I think authenticity or coming into a deeper alignment is at the same time hella scary and hella exciting. <laughs> um but yeah just like this feel the sense of being lost is just what leads us to questioning and attuning and seeking yeah. getting into that alignment yeah so how can we allow that to be a part of our authentic process yeah and it will keep coming up right it's a cycle yeah. like everything in nature is like you you get to the stage when you think you know who you are and then like sometime later you're like oh my god it's the same shit all over again and it just takes you into a new level and it opens you possibilities yeah. and you you it normally shows you where you have been limiting yourself up until that point mm -hmm. and where you need to break through where you need to throw some stuff out where you need to bring something else in when you need to shift mm -hmm. in order to manifest something different in order to move into a different reality which is even closer to you that's it and that's a beautiful process it's a liminal space when you don't know where you are and it's a liminal space with all the yeah. possibilities that's the beauty of it an opportunity to approach these situations differently even more lovingly and authentically right and yes the process of detoxifying what does not belong in your life anymore that which doesn't serve your purpose anymore is a big part of that yeah 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 mm -hmm. Mm. beautiful mm. is there anything else that you would like to add to that i think i am good i think we covered a lot of ground today what about you yeah we have 
Well, there's definitely this one jokish that I want to also throw in. <laughs> um, you know, the ruler of Aquarius being Uran. Uranus. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, that, that one. Yeah, so uh, I'm very mindful in my readings to not call it Uranus, although I love it. But I just want to uh, bring in something that, yeah, um, Elaine Young, uh, I already mentioned her. Um, in this Master Your Pleasure course that I, I did with her, she said that <sighs> until we stop tensing and squeezing our anus, we are not going to be able to live authentically, fully um, as who we are, you know, this like resisting the surrendering and the letting go. So a part of my cosmic explorations mission is also a happy, resting, relaxed anus <laughs> for higher alignment. <laughs> that, I mean, let's be honest, physiology is a big part of it, whether or not we like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's mm. cool. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And so uh, maybe just a little reflection point for our listeners that can take with them. I hope we hope that we have already provided some, um, but something that I love to do um, when uh, being faced with a situation that I feel like, oh, this keeps happening to me, you know, just what we kind of ended on before of, this being an opportunity to step into more of who we are is just looking um, or asking yourself, look, why don't I like this situation? Or like, how is the situation making me feel? What are those fragmented oppositions that um, we talked about? And what limiting beliefs are being connected to this? That's the part of the shadow play. Um, also exploring where they're coming from. Are, are they truly yours? And only and only when we have fully felt it in our bodies, allowed them to speak to us, even like creating personas out of this parts. This is something that I sometimes like to guide my coaching clients through, just like, yeah, bringing the persona of, the energetic aspect embodying it this is what um, they do with family constellation therapy too right mm -hmm. when they act out in a group or you can also do it yourself um, to give it a voice yeah. to give it an expression yeah. and then also checking what is an opportunity at hand yeah what is it teaching you yeah. what are the lessons the benefits the tools the gifts that we are receiving from this situation yeah. Every situation is a learning opportunity. As long as we can see it that way, there's no mistakes in life. Exactly, exactly. And then how is this helping us to get closer into more of our authenticity? Yeah. And I think in our conversation the other day, you shared a beautiful example uh, and a question that really touched me and stayed with me. It's a, it's a deep one um, of asking ourselves, what is this process asking of us to become? Yeah. And how can we make more space for that in, in our lives? Yeah. And life is constantly asking us to become more of us. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Well, we hope that you really enjoyed this episode. We did, definitely. Yeah. And um, enjoy this Aquarius season. Take full advantage of it. Be your weirdest self. Act out. Yes. Let your fact flag. Or little, little. Let your flag flag flake. Fla- fact flag fly. Let your fact flag fly. Yes, and share it with us. We'd love to hear how do you get weird? What is the what, how do you resonate with the Aquarian energy? Where do you find it mm. in your chart, in your lives? Like how does it manifest? And what is the thing that you're being called into right now to become mm. more of yourself? We'd love to connect with you. Age of Aquarius. Sing the age of Aquarius. That one always helps. Mm. Sending love.